Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles says he's open to trading down again from the ninth overall pick. But at some point, the Bears are going to start missing out on good players. So how far is too far to go? You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the show today, we look at what the possibilities might look like for the Chicago Bears at nine if a trade becomes a possibility here. What type of scenario it would have to take for the Bears to move down from from nine, both a scenario that would make sense for Ryan Poles as to a, a scenario he would want to trade down from number nine, but also what it would take logistically for another team to want to trade up to number nine. It's a two-way street here, and we can look at some of the draft possibilities that might make something like that a little bit more feasible. And we'll wrap up looking at, okay, what would the trade compensation look like, depending on how far you go down, and at what point is that worth it for the Bears, and at what point is that no longer worth the squeeze and just stay at nine and take the guys that are best available at that spot. The reason why this comes up is because uh, on Friday, I believe it was, the Chicago Sun-Times posted an, an article where they, inter- they interviewed Ryan Poles briefly at, the, I think, at the NFL owners meeting or something. And, you know, he, he had mentioned in a quote there that, you know, he's open to trading the ninth pick and to moving down again if, if things play out a certain way and if the board represents it that way, right? It's not like he's specifically seeking to trade down and desperate to trade down and calling around now to see what possible offers he could get to trade down, but just saying, yeah, we're not closing the door on trading down again, that depending on how the board goes, perhaps that could be what's in the best interest of the Bears and the best interest of their draft strategy as a whole. But you start to run into this question, right, of like, when is it worth it and when is it no longer worth it to keep trading down? Because I think fan bases for every team really always want their team to be able to trade down, get some extra draft capital, and then still be able to land a player that you really want at your lower pick. And maybe it's a player that you would have liked at your higher pick, but now you got him the same player at this lower pick, and then also added whatever draft picks and compensation you receive in order to move down, right? It's, it's squeezing the most that you can out of that draft spot and still getting the player that you want to get. But at some point, the farther down you go, the more talent you're going to miss out on. And, you know, the player that you're drafting later wasn't worth the earlier pick. And so you're not getting a player perhaps of the same caliber comparatively as to what you might consider, you know, a top 10 talent, for example, with where the Bears are drafting this year, right? With the ninth overall pick, you you have the opportunity to get a player. I mean, it's to quite literally get a top 10 pick, but really like to get that player that performs like a top 10 pick. And yes, Top 10 quality players often get drafted outside of the top 10, but your best chances to get a good player 
are always going to be earlier in the draft. And the farther you go, the less chance you have of that player being very good. So the Bears need to sit there and ask themselves, okay, how many players do we really love in this draft? How many players do we feel really comfortable with? What players do we feel like we got to have? And where do we think we can still get those players? We've heard Ryan Poles say publicly that the team has about seven total blue chip players in this draft that they feel like are really like can't miss type prospects. They're drafting ninth overall. Not a math major, but I'm pretty sure seven is less than nine. So that would mean there's a chance, a strong chance, not a, it's not a hundred percent chance, but more likely than not that most, if not all of those seven blue chip players could be and may be gone by the time the bears are on the clock with the ninth overall pick. And so I could see where, okay, if, if your seventh favorite player comes off at pick eight, so all seven of your top guys are gone, then all of a sudden you're into your next tier, your next bracket, your next pool of players, right? They're not the blue chip category. You're into the next category. And if you're picking ninth and all of your blue chip players are gone, but maybe only one of your second tier players are gone, how much separation is there between all those guys in the next group? Do you feel like you have to be at nine to get the best one of that group? Or do you feel like, yeah, I could trade down two or three or five or seven or 10 spots and still get a similar player to the guy that I think I would get if I stayed at nine. I think guys will still be on the board however farther down I can trade and still be able to get somebody that I really like and still be able to get that draft capital and not feel like I'm missing out on players that I just can't afford to miss. The The, the flip side of that is that if the Bears looked at the draft class and thought, yeah, all these players are about the same, let's trade down, that would, it would we, we, you might think then that other teams could feel similarly and not want to trade up to say, oh, well, the blue chip players are gone. So what are we going to trade up to nine for if we also kind of see these players in a similar range, right? It, it's, it is a two-way street in that regard. And just because the Bears might be motivated based on the draft board to trade down doesn't mean that someone will be motivated to trade up. And if anything, the more motivated you are to trade down, it probably means the less motivated more teams are going to want to be to trade up because teams would want to be trading up for something valuable. And if there's something valuable there, you are likely to also be interested in that valuable thing or valuable player and therefore not want to be the one to trade down. The exception there, of course, is if it's a quarterback. And we've talked so much about quarterback needy teams and trading up because of the Bears and wanting to get, you know, all these teams wanting to get up to the number one overall pick and the Bears moving down there. And we sort of presume, yes, quarterback is going to go number one for sure. Probably going to go number two as well. And the Colts at four look like a prime quarterback team. But this draft class kind of has a big four at quarterback. And maybe there's a chance one is still on the board when the Bears are on the clock with the ninth overall pick. And maybe that's a situation where a team may want to trade up. We'll look at the different dynamics that might lead a team that want would want to trade up while the Bears would also be willing to trade down and not as worried about missing out on a player because they don't want the quarterback anyway. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So you can't lose on your first bet. It either wins and you get money or it loses and you get bonus bets right back to you. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. 
and you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which teams are going to go farther in March Madness in the NBA playoffs. You can vote. You can bet on NFL draft props on which players will be drafted where to what teams and so much more all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. It takes two to tango in an NFL draft trade, and that means having somebody that wants to come up as much as you want to go down. And I think there are a couple of scenarios where the Bears would be sitting there at nine, willing and interested to move down, and teams would be interested in moving up to nine, and that those two interests wouldn't conflict, right? It wouldn't be like the Bears would want to stay at nine because there's such a good player there that they got to trade down or that they don't want to trade down and just take the player, but it would be a good enough player or a type of player that other teams would want to trade up for. First of all, with the quarterbacks, right? We expect... At this point, the, the FanDuel betting favorite for the first quarterback taken and who the number one overall pick will be, the betting favorite is C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. There was a hot mic, not a hot mic, but a live mic at the Ohio State press uh, Pro Day where the Panthers quarterback's coach, who is Josh McCown, by the way, uh, was talking to C.J. Stroud and used a, a line, something along the lines of, hey, when you are in Charlotte with us, we'll have to play basketball sometime. Or when you get your house in Charlotte, like he was using the words win, like, hey, we are going to draft you is essentially what the the, the impetus there is, is based on the quote that he said. Of course, that's not actual confirmation that they're going to draft him, but it seems like things are trending in that direction. Houston at two, expected to take a quarterback, will probably be Bryce Young. I, I still see them as a team that could be a wild card to take a defensive player like Will Anderson, but... You know, quarterback is the most valuable thing, but they they have the pick at 12, which could be a a later quarterback if they're not in love with this quarterback clash the same way. The Colts at four, expected to take a quarterback. They were one of the teams that was interested in moving up to the number one overall pick with the Bears, didn't ultimately, were a little gun shy and didn't ultimately agree to the deal the way that the Panthers did. But once you get after those four or those three teams, but those first four picks, because the Cardinals are the number three pick, they're not taking a quarterback. There's a chance then that there's a little bit of a fall here for whatever quarterback is is left untaken. And maybe the Colts, after C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are off the board, maybe the Colts say, screw it. We're not taking Anthony Richardson or Will Levis at four. It's not worth it to us. We're, we're going to wait, and maybe no one wants to trade up at that point. But then there's a spot for the quarterbacks to start to fall because you got the Seahawks at five who just signed Geno Smith to a contract extension. I suppose they they could take a quarterback for the long-term future, but they seem more focused on winning now with Geno Smith. You got the Rams at six, who I think should take a long-term quarterback behind Jared Goff, but they also seem a lot more focused on winning now and building around him as their quarterback for the immediate future. You got the Raiders at seven, who tried to trade up to number one with the Bears, did not, and ended up signing Jimmy Garoppolo to a three-year deal. They could still take a quarterback, they are locked into Jimmy G for at least this season guaranteed and probably two seasons mostly guaranteed. And then from there, they can get out of the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. So does that mean they want to take a quarterback at seven or do they want to use that draft pick to get more support for Jimmy Garoppolo and try and win now with the veteran quarterback that they just signed? I could kind of see that going either way. The Falcons at eight were a team that was talked about as a potential dark horse team that could trade up 
to the Bears at one, but I don't think that ever really got anywhere or had legs. You know, they just drafted Desmond Ritter in the third round last year, and then they signed Tyler Heineke in free agency, and they also have, have Logan Woodside. So they don't strike me as a team that is necessarily going to use the eighth overall pick on a quarterback. They could, right? Them and the Raiders are both like, yeah, it wouldn't stun you, but it it doesn't seem 100% likely there unless they really fall in love with one of these quarterbacks. And so if all those teams pass on QBs, that brings us to number nine, the Chicago Bears on board. And if Anthony Richardson and or Will Levis is on the board at nine, does that become a spot where teams may look to trade up or may have interest in trading up? Because all of a sudden, it's it's a little bit of a heavier trade. You have to give up a lot more to trade up to seven with the Raiders or you know six to the Lions, five to the, to the Seahawks, or three to the Arizona Cardinals if you want to get up past those teams to try and get a quarterback. But you start getting to nine, and the farther you go, the lower that price tag starts to be. Maybe you could make the same argument for the Eagles at 10 if the quarterbacks are still there because you know the Bears aren't going to take one, so why bother trading up to nine when you could trade up to 10? But 11 at Tennessee would seem like the team that everyone would want to get past. There have been murmurings that they're ready to move on from Ryan Tannehill or aren't in love with Ryan Tannehill long-term, and maybe this is the year they draft a quarterback and let Ryan Tannehill be the bridge quarterback for one more year and then go to the rookie just after this year with with Ryan Tannehill. So could a team like the Washington Commanders at 16 want to jump past the Titans at 11 and maybe see the Bears at 9 or maybe the Eagles at, at 10 as the team to get there? The Jets at 13, they're waiting on Aaron Rodgers right now. They still have Zach Wilson under contract. Probably not a quarterback drafting team, although you're not going to have Rodgers for very long, and they don't really seem to have faith in Zach Wilson anymore. So, but I mean, they're not going to trade for Rodgers and draft a quarterback. They may even end up trading that draft pick to the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers at 13. So that becomes a little bit less of a of a either an obstacle or a trade candidate either way. So that that brings me back down to Washington at 16 needs a quarterback. Tampa Bay at 19 claims they love Kyle Trask, but we heard the Arizona Cardinals claim they love Josh Rosen and then turn around and draft a quarterback, right? Like it's, I don't put too much stock in the Buccaneers saying, hey, you know, we really love Kyle Trask and are going all in on him as their quarterback. And depending on what happens with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, do they become a quarterback team at 22? Or if some team gives Lamar Jackson a contract and he takes it and the Ravens get two first round picks from whatever team signs Lamar Jackson, do they become a team that now has a couple of higher draft picks, wherever that might be, whatever team would sign him? And then do they now become a team that could trade up to try and get one of these quarterbacks? They have Brett Huntley. I mean, not Brett Huntley, Tyler Huntley, excuse me. That's an insult right there. They have Tyler Huntley. They seem to like him, but, you know, would they be interested in drafting a quarterback that's, you know, just to have something a little bit more uh, in in the in the books there in case Huntley doesn't, or Huntley doesn't quite pan out for them. So you can see some scenarios where a quarterback is there at nine and a couple teams might be interested in coming up. We could also see Jalen Carter from Georgia, the defensive lineman who's had some legal trouble and some character questions, like some some love of the game football questions on on and off the field questions. We had a terrible pro day from Jalen Carter. If he starts falling to nine, is there a team that says he's falling? We have a shot to go get maybe the best defensive player in the draft, maybe the most talented defensive player in the draft. Let's go get him at nine because we think the Eagles might take him at 10 because that's a very Philadelphia Eagles move to draft a really good defensive lineman like this and make it work because they're a veteran team that can afford a risk like this. You know, could a team want to move up to jump them to get Jalen Carter at nine? I mean, the Bears might be then interested in Jalen Carter at nine, but I don't think he really fits exactly 
where Ryan Poles is in terms of evaluation and where the team is. And I want to talk more about that coming up soon on, on a future Lockdown Bears podcast. But it just feels like between the quarterbacks and maybe Jalen Carter or maybe maybe one of the cornerbacks or something, there could be players on the board at nine that other teams want that maybe the Bears don't or aren't married to or, and would be willing to move down and give up the possibility to get them, knowing that they could get some nice draft compensation in return. Just how much draft compensation? Well, we'll look at some of the historical trends for trades around this range to get a sense of what kind of picks the Bears could pick up if they move down next on Locked on Bears. Trying to accurately predict, gauge, measure draft trade compensation is always an inexact science. I want to make that caveat clear on the front end that even as much as we might look at, you know, the the draft trade charts that people have put together where you assign a numerical value to each draft pick, and then you can kind of look and say, okay, the ninth pick is worth 3,000 points and the 15th pick is worth 2,700 points. So then you could add 300 points worth of picks, which would be the fourth round pick. You know what I mean? There are those, there are, there are those charts and those are based on, you know, some historical numbers and, and some, some averaging based on pick value. But those are not strictly followed by NFL teams, if that's not clear. Like those are, those are just kind of guesstimates. Teams will look at that as some of a guidepost to give them a general range of what might be fair. But I think teams also more concretely look at, okay, what have other teams drafting here or the picks right around here, what have they gotten for their picks to move up or to move down? What has been, what have other teams spent? What is the actual market saying as opposed to this chart? Because sometimes teams get desperate and give up more than other teams have to move a similar amount of space. Like there are, you can, if you comb back through it, we really need a, like a better database of every NFL draft trade. I would love to see a, a better, there, there's a couple of them and they're okay, but they're not super well organized or user-friendly. But I, I go through and kind of dig through like the NFL.com trade tracker for 2022 draft and look at those. And then their trade tracker for the 2021 draft. And it's, it's a pain in the butt to have to go through each individual draft and find the trades from each draft and then kind of stack them up and compare them. We need a better like NFL draft trade database. But regardless, you can look through and see like when a team goes from one pick to another and gives up a certain amount and then in a different draft, it's this it's the same picks. You go from the same spot to the same spot, but the compensation is way different because again, like sometimes a team gets desperate for a quarterback and gives up a future first round pick when they shouldn't. Or sometimes they really love a certain player and give up a bunch. And sometimes it's a team that's kind of desperate to move down. And so they're willing to take less in that move down just because they know they can get something. And it's, I'd rather trade down a few spots and get a kind of a crappy pick just to get something when I really don't want to stay at this pick because I just don't, I know I don't need to be at that spot. So there's never like a set defined market value for how much draft capital you should expect to get back to move down from one pick to another. It's, it's always fluctuating a little bit based on a lot of very individual case-by-case -case circumstances. But a few of them stuck out, stood out to me as being kind of around the Bears range. I, I wasn't looking, like, I didn't want to narrow it to just ninth overall picks. What are people getting for the ninth overall pick? That one specifically hasn't been traded a ton lately. I mean, you can go back farther historically. But over the last, you know, three or four drafts, we have seen the 10th and 11th picks traded a few different times. And we can kind of get a sense of, like, okay, if you go down a couple spots, how much do you get? If you go down a handful of spots, how much do you get? And if you go down a lot of spots, how much do you get? Like, for example, uh, just a year or two ago, a team went from the 10th pick 
to the 12th pick, just two spots down. They was at 12, and I don't have I don't have the teams in front of me. They wanted to jump up past whoever was at 11 to get to 10, and they gave up a third round pick to move two spots, but two spots into the top 10, but still a third round pick to go from from 10 to 12. Like if the Bears could get a third round pick to go from nine to 12 with Houston or nine to 11 with Tennessee or whatever, like I I think that would be great value. I think that would be an ideal type of scenario for the Bears. Based on some of the other trades, I don't know if that seems like maybe a little bit rich. I don't know if that's what we should expect every time. That feels to me like a little bit more of a desperation value there because a couple years ago, a team went from 11 to 16, so down five spots, not into the top 10, just outside of the top 10, but five spots and got a third and a fourth. So like that's that's only a fourth round pick more than what the team gave up to go from 12 to 10. So and it was a late third round pick for that one. It was a compensatory third round pick, 98th overall. But still, a third and a fourth round pick to go down five spots feels like a lot less compared to a third round pick to go down two spots. So like you can kind of see where depending on the year, depending on the desperation, depending on the teams, you're not always getting the same kind of value from pick to pick. We saw, you may remember, the Bears traded from the 20th overall pick to the 11th overall pick to take Justin Fields. That was moving up nine spots, not to nine, but to 11, fairly close, but not quite as close. It'd take a little more to get up to nine. And the Bears, you may remember, for Fields, they gave up their future first round pick, which was last year's first round pick, plus a fourth round pick and a fifth round pick. That's quite a bit to move up nine spots, but you know, to get a quarterback, sometimes you have to make that type of a move. And certainly I think for the Bears, it's working out. And the better Justin Fields is, the more you'll look back and say, oh, that doesn't matter what you gave up. The quarterback worked. That's that's all that matters. But a couple of years before that, or was it last year, another recent year here, a team went from 20 to 10. So the Bears went from 20 to 11, gave up a future first, a fourth, and a fifth. The Another year, a team went from 20 to 10, so one spot higher, and they gave up a second and a third. So, you know, they 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 moved up nine spots or moved up 10 spots and gave up a second and a third to go with it. So you can kind of get that sense of like, okay, if the Bears are going to go from from nine down, say, 10, 10 spots would be Tampa Bay. Say the Buccaneers wanted to trade up to a quarterback. You could be looking for, at a future first round pick. You could be looking at a second and a third round pick this year instead. You, you can... We can make arguments as to what's more valuable. It depends on the team. It depends on which second and third round picks you're getting and in what years. Because would you take an extra second round pick this year as opposed to a first round pick next year? I'd I'd still maybe lean first round pick next year in those cases. But some different possibilities depending on how desperate Tampa Bay would be in this hypothetical or how many other teams would be trying to bid against them to get up to the ninth overall pick. Some different options there. Or if the Bears traded from nine down to 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, in that like two or three pick range, maybe that's a third round pick. Maybe that's, it gets to, you start to get to like five picks down. If you start to get, you know, more like Washington at 16, it becomes a third and a fourth round pick or, you know, two, a third and a future third. Like these are the types of draft compensation extra that we could see the bears get if they were to trade down from the ninth overall pick, which sounds great. As long as you feel like, okay, if I'm trading down to 16, can I still get a top offensive tackle for Justin Fields? Paris Johnson probably won't still be there. Peter Skaronsky probably won't still be there. But are you happy with Broderick Jones instead? Uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee? Like, that's the kind of drop-off you'd be looking at. Or at the edge rushers, right? Like, at, at number nine, probably not a guy like Tyree Wilson, but, you know, is Lucas Van Ness there in that range? Does, or does he come off the board by the time you get to 16? 
or you know interior defensive tackles like Kalijah Cansey or Brian Brisset from from Clemson. Like, is that you end up dropping down more into that range instead of some of the, the higher end pass rushers and the cornerbacks too? Witherspoon from from Illinois and Gonzalez from I forget what school he went to. Like the two top cornerbacks, are, might, one or, one or both of them might be there at nine, but they probably won't be there at sixteen. So how far down are you willing to go? You know, could you still land them if you went from nine to twelve? Maybe you can still get one of the tackles or one of the edge rushers or one of the cornerbacks at 12. But can you get them at 16, right? Ryan Poles is going to look at his draft board and figure out where's the dead zone? Where's the absolute farthest down I can go where I still feel like I'm going to get one of these guys that I really like and I'm not dropping into another tier lower and missing out on this rare opportunity to add a can't-miss blue-chip top 10 caliber player in the draft. The farther you go, the less likely that is. But, man, those those future or current third, fourth, second first round picks that you could get for trading down. It's hard not to fall in love with those as a real possibility either. Whatever the Bears end up doing in the NFL draft, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making the Locked on Bears podcast your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, Check out our new Locked On NFL Scouting show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. And with Locked On NFL Scouting, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs breaking down the whole league, you know, league-wide perspective, but looking at the team-building aspects of free agent signings, trades, draft picks, etc. Really kind of understanding, like, salary cap and how teams go about this process. They have great chemistry. It's a lot of fun. They know a lot about the game. So go check out Locked On NFL Scouting for your second listen. Coming back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Bears. And, of course... You have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down.